0: Section 28, Pivotal Offsite. The internet can best be described as a mania. Bill Gates' introduction at the internet offsite, April 5th, 1994. Microsoft loved a good offsite. We loved a chance to wallow in the minutia of technologies, implementation, and competitors. We also enjoyed tearing apart ideas and approaches with our proverbial tech buzzsaw. In setting up the offsite, I had no idea how critical it would become. Bill G famously tilted, or pivoted, the company away from character-based MS-DOS products to graphical user interface products in a retreat just a decade earlier. Platform shifts in technology seem to come in these decade waves, though perhaps that's a retroactive timeline. Was the internet the next platform shift, even though the GUI had just started? Was this off-site going to be as pivotal to Microsoft's future as when the bet was made on making Excel for Macintosh? I certainly hope for that had no idea how the company's leaders would see things when they were all assembled to discuss it. I thought about that as I remember Doug Klunder, the inventor of minimal recalculation and spreadsheets, telling me the story of leaving Microsoft after that offsite because he disagreed with the new direction. Scheduled for April 5th, 1994, coincidentally, the day after the incorporation of Mosaic Communications Corporation, later to be renamed Netscape Corporation, created by legendary founder of SGI, Jim Clark, and original Mosaic programmer, Mark Andreessen. I prepared the mother of all briefing books for the offsite. No offsite was complete without an elaborate briefing book. I hand carried the entire thing to the copy center, email MS copy, and ordered 30 copies, double sided, bound with tabs. They called me an hour later and told me I needed two volumes, so I headed back and removed enough pages to keep it at the 300-page limit. The online version has photos of the online briefing book and table of con. The online version has photos of that briefing book. Looking at the book now, it serves as a great reminder of just how small the whole of the Internet was back then. One of the books I ordered for many people was by Ed Kroll, The Whole Internet, User's Guide and Catalog. How crazy to think that the entirety of the internet could be represented as a book and cataloged, but that's sort of what it was. Similarly, technology underpinnings were perhaps 100 pages of protocols and formats that everyone at the offsite could easily absorb. One of the most popular prep materials was a copy of a videotape episode of The Computer Chronicles, the award-winning public television show hosted by Stuart Sheffey from 1983 to 2002. The video was essentially the entire briefing book in a one-hour television segment. It is a remarkable time capsule of the 1993 internet. It was already a bit out of date by then, but still, it was easily absorbed, especially for those who did not come to my office for a demo. Perhaps I got a little carried away. The online version has a link to that video hosted on YouTube and a photo of the whole internet book. About 20 people gathered at Shumway Mansion in Kirkland early morning, which is early for developers. In his introduction without any slides, Bill improvised the term mania to describe the internet and emphasized a core company value, which was that exponential phenomena cannot be ignored. The internet was exponential. He said something that I thought was critically important and returned to time and time again over the years that followed. He told us the internet was not to be studied. It was already decided that would be a critical part of our next wave of products. We were kicking off the process to decide what to do, not if we should do something or anything. His choices of words and body language was as strong as his email a few years ago declaring Windows our strategy. In order to develop a plan, we divide it into three groups, each given a set of questions. Systems. How do we make Microsoft platforms the preferred choice for the internet as both client and server? How do we make internet applications available given that most everything is free? What is the internet experience missing that we at Microsoft could provide? How does Cairo EMS, the next-generation OS and the new mail server, both very early in development, complement or conflict with the above? Tools and services. Can Microsoft use the internet for customer support? How do we connect with developers using the internet? If we use the internet for support, will we get credit for providing better support compared to what we can do on CompuServe? How do our existing tools such as WinHelp and Word relate to, benefit from, compete with internet formats? Where do the new tools being developed for Marvel, notably a tool known as Blackbird, fit in? Online strategy. Should our online service Marvel embrace the internet? How do we make our clients the best internet clients? What value do we at Microsoft bring to the internet community? The natural reaction to such a situation at Microsoft was not to push back because of schedules or capacity, but rather to go after the other side on technical grounds. This technique of arguing against a new technology, competitive product or alternative architecture, for example, not on the basis of one's own constraints, but on the lack of merits of another approach. That was known as applying the technology buzzsaw. The basic goal was to find all the flaws on the other side to avoid admitting the lack of engineering agility to get anything done. As an example, with respect to the HTML format, there were two schools of thought. Blackbird was a tool chartered to create a high end authoring tool to enable content creators to make rich, interactive content for the Marvel Network, like our CD ROM titles. It cast a very long shadow and was widely feared and misunderstood as a product, even without ever shipping. In a relative sense, HTML was a trivial subset of what Hollywood or magazines needed to bring their brands to the WWW. Marvel was embracing that class of content owner as a core potential partner. So HTML was broadly deficient. At the same time, a divergent view came from the Word team that embraced being able to edit HTML from within Word. Word routinely dealt with formats with lower fidelity. So it seemed perfectly fine to think of HTML as a supported format. In fact, HTML was even a subset of a just released add-on for Word called SGML Author. SGML was a mega standard upon which HTML was loosely based. Connectivity for existing networks over X25, that is connectivity provided to analog dial-up phone lines, was so ubiquitous and reliable that it was a stronghold for the telecom companies. Or even that the packet switch network TCP IP would mature to be reliable and widely available seemed crazy, Others, seeing the exponential growth in Internet users connecting with local connectivity providers using new packet-switch protocols, believed it was investing in legacy to even consider worrying about old-style connectivity and partners. This led to a good debate over how and if Marvel should be focused purely on Internet protocols for the service or not. There was also an interesting conversation taking place around various new projects intersecting, with no real way to reconcile the overlap between them. The relationship between the new mail service EMS and the new online service Marvel was one example and a topic that continued to smolder. Marvel competing with AOL would clearly have email and discussion boards. Marvel was already working to understand potential relationships to Usenet and the NNTP protocol it used. EMS was an enterprise mail service just starting to be available to handle email for a few people at Microsoft. A big feature of EMS was going to be public folders or essentially shared mailboxes that looked a lot like Usenet experience. And like Marvel, EMS was also trying to figure out the relationship of its feature to Usenet. The EMS design point was enterprise IT and a highly managed environment for intense email usage in the workplace. Not the mass scale, lightweight consumer email Marvel envisioned. Some things took decades to resolve and the email strategy was one of them. Blackbird, Marvel, and EMS overlapped with each other and also with the internet. It was both stunning and kind of ridiculous. These products didn't exist yet, and the internet did. It is impossible to catch up to something growing exponentially. That doesn't stop debates at a big company, though, as I was learning. Considering the internet within the halls of Microsoft and for the most attendees was months old, there was a broad consensus that change was in the air. The closer a group's products were to the internet, the more the discussion was about schedules and constraints. The further away from shipping a team was, the more the internet seemed like a great idea. That's the opposite of what we needed, though. The critical accession to this was systems. As the first team to use the, the day to validate and expand plans already in place and to express a strategy, systems intended to ensure that both major OS projects underway were the best client and server for the internet. The details mattered, though. At the base level, the forethought from the networking group on NT Daytona, the code name for the next release of Windows NT, was paying off. They were well down the path of implementing the required networking infrastructure. They were the essential ingredients to get on the internet with a Daytona computer. There were many implementation challenges to reuse this work for Chicago, which was still debating how fully 32-bit the operating system was, and also how much low-level compatibility existed between Chicago and Daytona for code-like network drivers. The online version includes a very classic bumper sticker from the Windows NT team that says, on the internet, no one knows you're running Windows NT. The group concluded that implementing applications that made the internet interesting was critical. Those responsible decided that building news, mail, gopher, and a WWW browser were goals. In early 1994, the internet was not just the WWW. The Internet was made up of many different services, each a combination of server code, client code, and then ultimately one or more viewers. For example, Gopher had a server that maintained the hierarchy for a site, a Gopher client that navigated that site, and any number of viewers that needed to be launched to view a leaf of the Gopher tree. For example, there might be a Gopher site that eventually led to photos or a bunch of Word documents, which launched an image editor or a Word to view them. The WWW had rich text, links, and images all in one viewer, and a simple server setup. But as I was showing off my demos, many sites were simply navigations to content that the browsers did not understand, such as music or video files. The debate and discussions of solutions continued. My feeling at the time was there was a lot of wheel spinning considering the galactic shift that the internet appeared to be. Perhaps because I was early to the space, I had become a zealot already, or maybe I was so down on such inward-facing debates, given what I had seen firsthand. It was a challenge, to relay the experience I had on Cornell's campus to teams. I sounded like a crazy person, like a junior perhaps person back from his or her first customer visit or conference. I sounded like I sounded when I came back from Usenix with a changed view on C++, though that worked out pretty well. Looking back, by the end of the offsite, some converted to internet zealots, and others didn't. In many ways, the zealots, myself included, left that day with the feeling that Marvel was going to either happen or it wasn't, but that there wasn't much that could really be done, since it seemed so different than the direction we should have been going in. Marvel felt like taillights competing from behind, and not vision setting. The online version has a complete list of all the action items from the off-site, 24 in all. One of the most difficult challenges to understand, until you've lived through it, is the pressure to keep moving forward, even in the face of disruption. The biggest lesson I learned in just a short time between getting trapped in the snow and this first week of April 1994, was just how much of what happens in a company is a result of the momentum of a product or technology and the structure of the organization in place. Make no mistake, as a manager, I would have my very own challenges in this regard, even though I lived through this very experience. The offsite did not come to a dramatic end with the key developer quitting as the bet on graphical interface, but it was an incredible day. There was no doubt it was very important to urgently bring everyone together and for Bill to make it abundantly clear just how much we were betting on the internet. And he did so without hesitation. Many would look to the internet tidal wave memo years later as the clarion call when in every respect, this was the pivotal day in the journey to an internet centric company.